Hi, and thank you for listening in to the New Song Podcast from this week's service. You are welcome and encouraged to join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays in person. And for more information on how to get involved with New Song, go to newsonglouisville.org and follow us on social media. And now for today's message. share with you this morning on the whole theme of fasting and prayer as we enter together over these next 21 days into our time of fasting and prayer. There's a couple of other inserts inside your bulletin that I think you'll find helpful. We'll have a few of those out on the info table too if you, if you need more or you want to give some one to someone. But together we're focused, together we're faithful, together we're going to see God do things through this time of fasting and prayer that he's calling us to. Because God does something when people join together and, and fast and pray. Let me just say, miracles happen, strongholds are broken. We are refocused, revived, revitalized. His power, his power literally revitalizes us in a whole new way. I get excited about this time of the year because I believe in my heart of hearts it's going to affect the whole remainder of 2024. Amen? So fasting is, if you will, a hunger strike against hell. Fasting causes us to seek and see vertical solutions to horizontal problems. Fasting will fast track your prayers in a way that nothing else will. Fasting will break the yoke of bondage. Fasting will release God's power in a newfound way in your life and bring about supernatural results. Fasting will bring divine wisdom to life's perplexing problems. Fasting will humble our hearts together. As we seek his face, it'll recalibrate our spirits. It'll, it'll align and attune our ears to his voice that we might walk in a newfound awareness of his presence and his purpose in our lives. Fasting will bring about supernatural protection. It'll bring divine provision. Fasting will give you favor. With God and people, fasting will bring heaven's answer and hell's defeat. Amen? Fasting makes a big difference, church. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's get ready. Let's get focused. Let's be fierce about this. Let's enter into this with our whole hearts. Let's trust the Lord to do something new. There's a lot of us that if we don't do anything new, we're not getting any different results. Some of you need to enter in in a whole new way. Some of you have been around a while. You've heard me talk about fasting and prayer, and you've kind of just, you know, ambled along, not really committed. This is your year to stand up and step up. Let's get ready. Let's seek the Lord for these next 21 days because these next 21 days are going to affect the rest of the 365 days of the year. Mark chapter 9. I want to go there with you this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse 29 says this. It's interesting. The disciples, they've healed before. They've seen miracles happen. But now they run into a situation that they don't quite know what to do because there was no breakthrough. Mark chapter 9, it says this, and he said to them, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. 
There are some things, church, that are not going to happen unless the church itself, unless the people of God are willing to sacrifice enough to give up the very, the very sustenance that they would take into their bodies to keep them alive, to literally sacrifice even the very food we would eat so that we might have the bread of heaven so that we might hear the voice of the Lord, so that we might see the work of God. Some things aren't going to happen except through prayer and fasting. That's just the way it is, and that's what Scripture teaches us and tells us. It's what Jesus himself says. Fasting is primarily about giving up food, okay? Let's just get that out there, and, and let's just be clear about that. We can give up all kinds of things, and I will encourage you to give up some other things in addition to food, but you, you can't fast without giving up food. Don't forget, you know, <laughs> to, 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 to fast something, right? I'm, you know, when I talk about fasting food, I'm not talking about fast food, okay? Let me just be clear here. Don't go, Pastor Jeff's calling us all to go eat at McDonald's later today. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're fasting food, not fast food. We're, we're giving up food that we might receive the food of heaven, if you will. We're giving up natural manna that we might receive heavenly manna. Amen? One of the keys of fasting is to have more time to be with God and to fellowship more deeply and more intimately with him. I want you to use the time that you would normally eat, that you would prepare a meal, that you would go out to eat. I want you to use that time to set it aside and seek the face of God. We all use a good bit of time each day to prepare food and to eat food. Use some of that extra time to draw close to God this year. There's four types of fasts. I mentioned them to you last week. There's a complete fast. God's called Tracy and I several times to do this, water or juice only for the whole 21 days. That's, that's a tough one, I'll tell you, but you can do it, and God will sustain you. If God calls you to that, he'll give you the grace for that, okay? If he's not calling you to that, that's okay. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel bad, please. There's a selective fast. You can choose certain foods to fast, right? Not Brussels sprouts and not broccoli, okay? Those don't count. I'm sorry. Some of you might like broccoli, but everybody in the house knows Brussels sprouts are just like gooey eyeballs, but that doesn't count to fast that. Okay, those of you that want to, you know, don't you always love the person when you're out eating and they order the platter and they want to offer you the big pickle on the plate? You know, would you like my pickle? And you're like, no, not really, but thanks. Anyway, don't fast the pickle. Fast something that's meaningful. Fast something that's sacrificial. For some of you, quite honestly, the healthiest thing, the most powerful thing, the thing that would absolutely probably bring breakthrough is to fast sugar is to just say, no more sugar for 21 days. That means no more, no more sugary drinks, no more sugary desserts, no more candy, no more whatever. Just eradicate it for 21 days as unto Jesus to seek him. You can give up all kinds of things, fried foods, bread, sweets, sodas, partial fast, is, is when you, you fast a part of the day. Okay, this is what the Jewish people do, quite honestly. They fast from, from sundown to sunup, 
They fast from like 6 o'clock one day to 6 o'clock the next day. It's a 24-hour fast, but it's not in a whole 24-hour period there. It's, it's from one day to the next. You can do, and this is another one I really want to strongly encourage you to consider. In fact, do one of these three and then add this on as a bonus, a soul fast. Some of us just absolutely need our souls to be cleansed of all the worldly stuff that we partake in all the time. I heard someone the other day say that when you sit there and you just scroll through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, whatever, it's doom scrolling. That's the term for it, doom scrolling. There's not a lot of good to be had from that, and statistics have proven that over and over again. Yes, it gives you a dopamine release, but under what? It gets you addicted to this thing. Some of us need to become unaddicted to the iPhone, right? We need to become, go back to using a phone just for phone's sake. Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's commercials out there coming back with flip phones. I hope, wouldn't it be cool if we just went back to a regular old phone? In so many ways. A soul fast, what goes into my emotions in my mind, social media, TV, media, whatever it is. Take 21 days. And just, and just say, you know what, we're going to have family time together. We're going we're gonna to play games. We're going to do fun things. If the weather's nice, we're going to go on a walk together. We're going to ride our bikes. I mean, I know it's not exactly the time of year to do that. But we're going to do something fun together. And God will give you creative ideas. We're going to spend time together. We're going to do some art projects together. We're going to do puzzles together. We're just not going to sit in front of the TV and vegetate. We're going to let God minister to our souls and strengthen us. And we're going to set aside some of these things that, even if we don't realize it, are affecting us greatly. What if you have medical constraints? Well, you may need to check with your doctor. I'm not encouraging you to do anything that you don't have freedom and a release to do. But I just want to say this. Anything set aside for the purpose of seeking God is going to make a difference. It's really interesting in the Bible because every time the people of God fasted, every single time the people of God fasted, God answered except one time. Did you know that? Study it throughout the Bible. Look at it throughout the Bible. Go, go into your, your Bible program and look at fasting. There's only one time in the Bible that someone fasted and the, the prayer wasn't answered. And it's when David had sinned with Bathsheba and was praying for the life of the baby to be spared. That's the only time. That's the only time, and it's because of obviously the circumstances surrounding that whole thing. But every other time, God met his people when they sincerely and truly fasted to seek his face and to see his will be done. Come up with a prayer list. Have a prayer list for the week. We've got, we've got one, um, one of the inserts inside your bulletin there has a list of things to pray for Monday through Friday. Look at those things. It'll, it'll help give you some fodder for prayer in the days ahead. But let's go back to our scripture. Let's look over in Matthew chapter 17 at this passage today because it's so powerful and so important and I want you to get it today. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. You see what's happening here? Something's trying to destroy this young man. 
Something demonic, something that is not of God is trying to destroy this young man. Can I just stop and say, I think there's a spirit at work in our world today that's trying to destroy a whole generation of our young people. Do you know just in a very short period of time that, that depression rates in America for young people doubled? There's a lot of concern with our younger generations right now. And I'm just telling you, the enemy is, is fighting vigorously to destroy them, to stop them. Let me tell you why. Because I think God has something really good for them. Because I believe God's going to raise them up to be a voice and to bring about the fulfillment of his great commission in this earth. Let's fast and pray for our young people. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Verse 17, there's two words here that I really want to highlight to you because I think more than ever, they're, they're important for us to focus on and understand. Jesus says to them, this is to the disciples, to the people listening around them, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. Oh, there's gentle Jesus, amen? No, he shoots the truth, folks. Even, even when it might come across harsher or hard, Jesus is going to speak the truth out of love. Sometimes love is tough. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Let's stop right there for a moment. The disciples have a problem. They can't get a breakthrough when they're praying for the boy. Up till this situation, they've been praying for people and they've been seeing answers to prayer. They've been seeing miracles and breakthroughs because Jesus has given them authority. But then all of a sudden, there's something different about this particular situation. And Jesus highlights two problems in his answer to the disciples. Two words highlighted here. Let's say them together, okay? Unbelieving and perverse. I believe they're going to help us see the two problems when we don't see our prayers answered or breakthroughs coming. Unbelieving and perverse. Let me give you some definitions that I think will help you see something we need to know. We need to know it. Jesus identifies a problem that I'm convinced is just as much a problem today as it was 2,000 years ago, probably much, much more as it was then. And that is that we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to become unbelieving and perverse. Unbelieving, what's it mean? It means not connected enough to God. I just want that to land, just to settle in your heart. Unbelieving just simply means not connected enough to God. You're not connected enough to me, Jesus is saying. In some ways, you become a practical atheist, an unbeliever, if you will. You're not believing me like you should. You say you're a Christian and you go to church. He's talking to his disciples. He's not talking to unbelievers. But you've allowed doubt and unbelief to enter into your heart and into your house. You've lost that deep, intimate faith in me that brings about these kind of breakthroughs. You become a doubter. And that doubt comes from a, a disconnection from me and my power and my ways, Jesus is saying. You're unbelieving. You're not connected enough. 
You need to improve your connection with God. If you were walking with me the way you need to truly walk with me, that would bring faith and it would take away your unbelief. Now, perverse, for some of you, that was disturbing. You were like, Pastor Jeff, what are you saying? We're perverse? Let me tell you what I believe it means and why it's so important that we understand it today. I believe it simply means this. This is what he's saying. You're too connected to the world around you. You're not connected enough to me, and you're too connected to the world around you. Perverse literally means crooked or bent. You're too connected to the culture. You're too connected to the world, and you're not connecting with me the way you should. You've gotten involved with things that are quite honestly dulling my relationship with you. Things that are, if we're real honest, there's lots of stuff out there that will pollute our relationship with God. Do you know the millennial generation? It's very interesting. I've read a couple of studies on this now. TV's gone wild. It's almost impossible to find something that is pure and uh, entertaining on TV without being polluted. How many of you noticed that? The whole onslaught of streaming services. I've done this before. You're just trying to find something to watch, and I'm going, is there not a program on here that's not M.A.? For mature audiences only? There's a, a pollution that's, that's settled in on our society, and, and if we're not careful, we become like the frog in the kettle, and we just accept it. We don't even realize it. They've done studies in the millennial generation. This is why I'm saying to you, God's going to raise up young people to be strong in their faith and to withstand the current of this culture. The millennial generation is, is saying, they're crying out, there's too much sex on TV. It's the millennials saying this. I would have thought it would have been my generation. I would have thought it would have been the generation before me. But it's the millennials saying, this has got to change. We don't like it. We're uncomfortable with it. It's not right. It's perverse, it's messed up, and that's the problem. You're both not connected and you're connected. We've just got our connections mixed up. You're not connected enough to God and too connected to the world is what Jesus is saying. In this world, and, and this is a major challenge for all of us today especially, is staying connected with God and staying disconnected from the spirit of this world. This fast is key. It's key for me. It's one of the things every year that recalibrates my compass. Because my compass is supposed to be set on true north, but sometimes it gets ever so slightly off. Mission trips do the very same thing for me. I'm, I'm privileged and blessed to have gone to a different nation or, or to, to, to a, another nation every year for the last... 35 plus years 
And God always speaks to me, always challenges me every time I'm in a third world country about so many different things. It helps recalibrate my compass because I get off track. My love becomes ever so diluted. My devotion to God can become throughout the course of the year and the routine of life and in the pressures of the culture and all these things. My love can just get squeezed out by so many other things. I'm not going to tell you where you're too connected to this world and where you're not connected enough to God. That's the Holy Spirit's job to do. That's the job I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do in me in these 21 days because I think there's areas of my life that need change. He'll be faithful to show you if you will ask him. I love what David prayed. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. And show me if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ask him and listen. He'll bring conviction, not condemnation. By the way, conviction's full of life and opportunity. Condemnation's full of death and despair. Conviction's from God. Condemnation's from the enemy. Jesus, the Holy Spirit will show you what you're missing and where you need to get reconnected. Let's go back to our passage. Let's go to verse 18. It says, Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Remember, this is a group that had been doing miracles and had seen breakthroughs. But at this point in the journey, their faith has dissipated. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Wow, those are powerful words for sure. Why did the disciples come to him in private? Because quite honestly, I think they were embarrassed. I think sometimes we're embarrassed when we pray for somebody and nothing happens, or at least we perceive that nothing happened. And sometimes the problem is not with God, it's with us. It's our lack of connection. Or it's our overconnection to the wrong sources. Jesus says, come on over here, boys. Let's talk about this in private. And he told them, it's because you have so little faith. Notice he names two things in this portion of the story, just like he named two things earlier. He showed us the two glaring problems. Now he's going to show us the two amazing solutions. What are they? Prayer and fasting. Everybody say it with me. Prayer and fasting. These two things solve the problem that was addressed earlier. Let me show you how. Prayer connects us. Prayer connects us to God. And this 
ultimately solves the unbelieving part. The more time you spend with God, the more confidence you'll have in God. The more you know him and experience him, the more your faith will grow. That's why I'm always encouraging you. It's one of the things I'll always be passionate about as a pastor. There's nothing you can do that'll strengthen and build and grow your faith greater than a daily devotion to God, a daily time in God's word. You need it, I need it, we all need it. I never graduate to the place that I don't need God's word anymore. I need it just as much today and tomorrow as I needed it 10, 15 years ago. It's what keeps me anchored. It's what keeps me centered in truth. It's what keeps us growing. It's not enough to come and just hear a good message on Sunday mornings. And I'm the preacher. I'm just being honest. I spend time and, and, and I'm passionate about this time we have together. And it sounds like I'm putting my own role down, but I'm not. It's just not enough. You need more than just a good message on Sunday to build you up in your walk with God. You need to get to know him personally. And that comes from you spending time with him daily. I want to teach you, listen, if you don't know this term, you need to know it around here because it's part of our new song culture. I want you to be self-feeders. Self-feeders. You ever seen one of those things that, that some pet owners will get when they're maybe going away for a day or so? They'll get, they'll get an automatic feeder, right? So that they'll put it in the kitchen or wherever they have their dog's bowl or their cat's bowl. And the thing every day, right, two or three times a day, whatever it's set, it'll, just, it'll drop down a portion of food, because let me tell you, my dog Odie, man, when it comes dinner time, even before I fed him, he's reminding me that he needs to eat. You know what I'm saying? This is a little Odie. He, he gets, there's never been a dog on the face of the earth that's more food driven than a little Odie. Let me just tell you, he loves his food. And, and he'll go over, he'll smack the bowl around, he'll knock it around, he'll, he'll hit his paws on it, he'll come over, he'll look at me, he wants to be fed. You and I need to be fed by God every day. That's why Jesus says those words, right? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every fresh manna, every revelation, uh, the, he wants to bring that word alive in you on a daily basis so that you can be spiritually sustained and nurtured. I want you to be self-feeders, and you only do that if you plan out and prepare and, and faithfully execute a time with him every day. And listen, I want to go beyond just one time with him a day. I want to encourage you to have multiple times with him through the day. I want to encourage you to learn how to pray throughout your day because you can go about your business and your work and your family life and you can be praying all the while and not look like a fruitcake, okay? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not encouraging you to look like a fruitcake. You can, you can just be praying all day long under your breath, just meditating on the Lord, thinking of his goodness, crying out to him, praying to him. How many of you are hearing me? Are you with me this morning? Prayer connects us with God. Connection with God comes from spending time with him. 
more time I spend with my team here at New Song, the more confidence I have in them. The more time I spend with my family and build relationship, it just causes my confidence to rise. Same's true with my wife. Any relationship, right? More time you spend, the deeper that relationship goes. It's the same with God. More time I spend with Him, the more connected I become with Him. I go from unbelieving to believing. Every one of us in this room could probably spend more time with God, including me. Let's look at the second word that Jesus uses, and that's the word fasting. Fasting disconnects us, disconnects us, disconnects us from this world. It's one of the best practiced disciplines of the church, but it's also one of the least practiced disciplines of the church. Why? I don't know why. It got forgotten throughout history. And I think obviously the enemy was behind that and had an agenda behind it. Fasting is forgotten, maybe because it's just difficult. It's sacrificial, but this was an absolute key in the early church. It was practiced often in the early church, and it's, 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 it's not a way of punishing yourself so that you can suffer for Jesus and look like some kind of holy saint. No, simply put, it's about disconnecting from this world so you can truly connect with God himself. Join us these next 21 days. Join us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Come out, start your day with prayer. If you can't make it here, do it at your home. Find that place where you can get alone with God. When we get involved in the worldly things of this life, really we lose some of our dominion in this life. In the very beginning, Adam and Eve, if you remember this, in the Garden of Eden, were given dominion in this world. But as soon as they satisfied their appetites by a sinful expression, they lost their dominion in this world. If you want your dominion back, you got to push things back. You got to choose not to be involved in certain things. You got to disconnect from some of the things of this world. Where did the church being countercultural to the culture go? Where did that go? The church used to be countercultural. Now it seems like we're just swept up in the culture. Listen, I got to tell you, this church was birthed through a season of prayer and fasting. I believe everything good that's happened in and through this church over the years has been a result of prayer and fasting. Tracy and I went in and we did, we did the full 21 days in 1993. It changed our lives and it's changed other lives as a result. Praise God for that. I'm convinced that prayer and fasting is one of the most important things that we do as a church. Every year we have a time of prayer and fasting. It's foundational to our church because it brings about things that you and I could never do on our own. This isn't just a social club. We don't just come together just to hang out and hobnob. No, we come to seek God, to pour our lives out to God. Let me give you six things quickly as I close today. Six things as we enter this time of fasting and prayer. Number one, set your prayer objectives. Don't just fast because I'm asking you to. Set some objectives. Fill out some prayer cards. What are you believing God for in 2024? Where do you need a breakthrough in your business, in your family? 
Where do you need a healing? Where do your finances need a touch? What lost ones? Please, please, we need to be interceding and praying diligently for those in our families that have strayed away from the Lord, those that don't know the Lord, our neighbors, our friends. Who's interceding for them? I'm confident that the reason I gave my life to Christ was because my precious great aunt prayed for me every single day. I didn't even hardly know her. I saw her maybe once a year, but she was praying for me, and it changed my life, and it changed my destiny. Who are you praying for? Who are you, who are you believing God for a breakthrough for? Set your prayer objectives. Number two, decide what type of fasting you'll do. We talked about the four types. Ask the Lord. Don't just come up in your own logic. Ask the Lord. Lord, what would you have me do? Listen for his voice and obey him. Number three, make it a heart thing and not a food thing. Make it a heart thing and not a food thing. This, it's, this is why Jesus says so powerfully in the, in the gospels, you know, wash your face. Don't go around looking like you're you're really sacrificing and don't go around telling everybody about it. This is between you and God. But let me just say the word calls the people of God to corporate fast. Okay? It does numerous times. Joel chapter 2 says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. This is a heart thing, not a food thing. It's about seeking God with all your heart. It's not about going, uh, it, it's, it is about going after God with all your heart. Number four, put to death your flesh. This is the real purpose of fasting. It's, it's not about punishing your body to prove how much you love God. It's, it's, it's about denying that part of you that's always trying to rise up above the things of God in your life called your flesh. And it needs to die, and it needs to die often. Your spirit needs to be the one in charge, not your flesh. One or the other is always in charge in your life and in mine. Fasting puts down the flesh and allows your spirit to rise up and be in the lead. The goal of Christianity really is for your spirit to be king of the hill, okay? Not your flesh. Fasting's about building up your spirit and crucifying your flesh. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if the Spirit, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. Put aside the things of the flesh. Put aside TV, social media, music that doesn't draw you closer to God. Put aside those things. Focus on God. Choose a different lifestyle. Why have we fasted, Isaiah 58 says? Have you not seen it? Have you not humbled yourselves? Have you not noticed? On the day of, of fasting, you do as you please. He's, he's chiding them because they're fasting, but not in the right way, not with the right spirit. Change things. Make a change. This is, should be a special time for your family, a special time of coming together. It might be awkward at first, but then you'll really appreciate it and it'll become very special. And then lastly, expect results. 
Let it build your faith. Let it move your faith. Let's, let's dare to believe God for the impossible. Let's expect God to do great things in this time. Let's pray some dangerous prayers. Let's see what God can do. Isaiah 58, and we'll end with this, says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you'll call, and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a moment? Lord, this is sober time. We live in a, a very sobering day. We live in a very concerning day, especially in our own nation. We, we may be seeing right in front of our very eyes, we may be seeing the collapse of our own nation taking place little by little around us. We're the people of God. We're the watchmen on the wall. We're those who will intercede and come in between the collapse and the Lord and cry out for God's sovereign hand to move and to bring a revival, a refreshing, a great awakening. As we start into this new year, God, may we, may we truly take the time to listen to what you're calling us to, to enter into a time of prayer and fasting that we might see you move and work in a way you will not move and work unless we pray and fast. God, meet us. God, lead us. God, grant us breakthrough and blessing as we seek your face first in this new year. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Can you give the Lord praise today? Can you just thank him for his goodness and kindness to you today? Lord, go with us. Let your face shine upon us and let your light shine through us in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week.